0: This is exactly right.
1: Basketball is a hugely popular sport in the Balkan states. If you're a professional basketball player in, say, Serbia, you're a big deal, a celebrity. That said, no one can play basketball forever. But when your time as a professional athlete is over, there is another popular career you might be able to pursue if you have the right set of skills, the right connections, and the nerve. You could become a criminal. I'm Natalia Antalava. I'm a journalist based in Eastern Europe, and I'm going to take you into the world of Serbia's most brazen jewel thieves.
0: The most daring and successful diamond thieves in the world. 30 to 40 seconds. They're in, they're out. They've stolen half a billion dollars worth of valuables.
1: Two well-dressed men strolled into an exclusive jewelry store in London and walked out with 66 million dollars in jewels. They're called the Pink Panthers. They're a loosely connected crew of over-educated, underemployed, ambitious young people who rose from the ashes of the Yugoslav Wars of the 1990s to commit elaborate smash-and-grab heists all across the globe, often in broad daylight. This is Infamous International, the Pink Panther story. Episode five, catch and release. In the years following the Balkan civil wars, crime is one of the few steady lines of work available. Many ordinary citizens are forced to resort to some form of criminality, just to survive. And the same goes for citizens who are not so ordinary. Olivera Cherkovich is a truly impressive woman, over six feet tall, blonde and beautiful. She radiates supreme confidence. And once you know her story, you can understand why. She has had a very successful career. Actually, at least two careers.
2: My ex-husband, he was a member of the Pink Panthers, and he still is a member of the Pink Panthers.
1: Olivera mostly speaks Serbian. That's her son, Nicholas translating. Like she says, her husband was a Pink Panther, but that was not the life he wanted for her.
2: He didn't want me to do that stuff because I was the professional basketball player. So it was like unbelievable for me to step in that side of the world, you know.
1: Oliveira was a power forward for one of Serbia's top basketball teams, the Novosatska ZKR. She made good money and made smart investments around Belgrade.
2: I had few private business which did well. I had a lot of money all the time.
1: But when the civil wars in the Balkans break out in the early 1990s and sanctions are imposed on Serbia, Olivera's team can no longer travel to compete in international games. To continue playing professionally, she has to leave Serbia. So it all started when she first came to Greece. Despina Papagioriu is a freelance journalist in Greece.
3: In 1991, the war erupted in Yugoslavia, so it was impossible for any kind of professionals to do some living there. So she came in Greece in the summer of 1992 to play professional basketball because she was quite a star in Yugoslavia.
1: Oliver is hired by one of the top teams in Greece, based in Athens. At first, she doesn't think much of her adopted city.
3: She wasn't very impressed. She found the city
1: a bit dirty, but it was in Athens that uh, love knocked her door. Love, it has a way of leading to trouble. The man Oliveira falls for in Athens has an interesting way of making a living and some interesting associates too.
3: So it all starts now because the whole Pink Panthers thing is connected
1: with her husband who she met in Athens. Olivera said in an interview that she saw her husband as a Robin Hood figure Stealing from the rich and, well, that's where the Robin Hood analogy kind of falls apart. But it was her relationship with this man that leads Oliveira into her next profession.
3: When she got pregnant, she went back to Belgrade and then it started. So
1: first she got in contact with the ring via her husband. This ring, as Despina Papagiori calls it, is made up of fellow Serbians who are doing brisk business in Greece and across Europe. This ring was bringing stolen goods to Serbia
3: from abroad. And it was mostly jewels and uh, and fashion brands, expensive
1: fashion brands, clothing. The sanctions against Serbia had created a supercharged market for stolen goods. And it didn't just go away once the sanctions were lifted. The Serbian economy was still in shambles. On the streets of Belgrade, illicit merchandise was everywhere. Olivera's son, Nicholas, explains how she got involved.
2: Through the relationship and marriage with him, she got closer to those kind of people. So the people who steal it, they don't sell it like in real store, they sell it like three times less price, you
1: know. Olivera can see there is an opportunity here. She's got the legitimate businesses she's invested in around Belgrade. And she certainly knows the right people.
2: So in Olivera's mind, it was a good point to start buying the stuff from the criminals. And mm-hmm. she already got to the contacts with the people, with the friends of my father. So she got the idea to buy the stolen stuff from them, from the less money, and then, and then sell them in Serbia and earn like, for one day, she earns like one year basketball contract, you know.
1: With her fame, her looks, and her connections, Olivera's business booms. She told the British newspaper The Independent, quote, I even had politicians, doctors and famous people coming to my makeshift showroom to buy the stolen goods. End of quote. She's so successful that she outgrows her piecemeal suppliers. Here's Nicholas translating for her again.
2: At the one point, they don't have so many goods as I want to buy because I'm selling it every day. So they don't have enough money to go to another country to steal something. They don't know where to go and what to steal. That I want to make it faster to get to the goods that I need to sell. Then I'm going deeper and deeper to the crime.
1: Soon, Oliveira was running her own team.
2: After a few months,
1: I am the absolutely
2: one who is organizing the group. She recruits the new crew members.
1: And she has excellent instincts for who will be a good getaway driver, who is quick with tools, who will make the best team leader. At first, Oliveira plans her heist from afar. She carefully diagrams the store she's targeting, details the items she wants her crew to steal. She makes a map of the surrounding roads for their getaway. Her associates case the store for weeks before striking. It's all working.
2: I have the people who are moving the stolen goods by the borders. So I, I already have two or three of those personal stores, my own showrooms. So it's all circle. All the people from the crime trust me because I never come late to pay them. I always pay them on the time. I'm doing it as a someone who is a professional sports player, not a criminal. I have a sports discipline.
1: Maybe it is that sports discipline. By the late 1990s, Olivera has become a major figure among the Serbian criminal class, one of the only women with her own crew. It's a new kind of celebrity for her.
2: In the criminal circles, I get famous, kind of popular. We are doing well, and if you become a member of my group, that you're going to be rich in a few months. So in one month, we will buy the best car. Two months, you will get the new apartment in
1: the luxury part of the city. My colleague, Ilan Greenberg, says Olivera's decision to join the
0: criminal world is not all that surprising. For people of her generation, they really were forced to get creative about how they were going to make a life. Serbia was so cut off. The sanctions from the West, just a general dismal economy.
1: Yeah, I get that. But what I don't get is, like, why Olivera? She's in a much better position than most Serbians. I mean she's famous, she's got money, she is kind
0: of a star. Definitely. She's ahead of the game in post-war Serbia. But when her basketball career was over, when she couldn't play anymore, and she wanted to have a business career, she had to deal with the realities of life at home. So she did get creative.
1: Right. And we heard how they became very reliant on the black market because of the civil war. And that never really went away, did it?
0: Right. It becomes entrenched. It's very common. And and a lot of the goods people need or want, medicine, cigarettes, designer clothing, jewelry, it comes from the West. People steal it there, and then they bring it home to Serbia and sell it.
1: Yeah, that sounds familiar for so much of the region. But what makes Serbia different is that anger towards the West, right? Like they felt that they were being punished by the West, and it seems like a lot of people felt... Justified? Do you think it would be an exaggeration to say that for Serbians, it was almost patriotic to bring things back from the wealthier countries to help people back home in Belgrade?
0: I think that's true. When you talk to people who lived through this period, or even ask people in Serbia now about the Pink Panthers, there's this attitude like, sure, crime is bad, robbery is bad, but the West is rich and we have nothing, so to hell with them.
1: Olivera is happily running her own successful team of Belgrade thieves. She and her husband have a son, Nicholas. But the marriage doesn't end up working out. She leaves him and finds a new love interest.
3: The story continues because she then was receiving the best merchandise from a, a guy called Dragon, Dragon Yadzic, if I pronounce it correctly. And she was so intrigued by this personality of Dragon. And she decided to come back to Greece and meet him in
1: person. Dragon, spelled D R A G A N, is a popular name in Serbia. And to be clear, this dragon is not Dragon Mikic, the Pink Panther who was arrested in the train station in France after trying to buy a ticket with a 500 euro note. This dragon was running a team of jewel thieves in Athens. He and Oliveira had been doing good business together. Then they meet in person and they fall in love. He's 10 years younger than Oliveira.
3: It was probably something like a very intense feeling, a very love at first sight. So right. she decided this way to participate in a robbery in a big hotel jewelry store. This was in the summer of 2005.
1: Oliveira agrees to help Dragon case the jewelry store in the luxury hotel. Like many of the female Pink Panthers, her role to gather intel on their targets, identify the most valuable merchandise, and assess the security. And like other women Panthers, she looks the part impeccably.
3: She visited the store before pretending to be a wealthy customer and being also a very impressive woman. She was like a blonde, one meter ninety-two, ninety-three tall. so <laughs> she didn't have much difficulty in persuading the staff in the jewelry store to show her the most expensive collections. At the same time, she was screening the place uh, to see how security is like, and pass the information
1: to her associates. But after the robbery, Oliveira and her boyfriend hit a stroke of bad luck. They're in a routine traffic stop when police discover incriminating evidence. Dragon had left his cutting tools in the trunk of their car. She was arrested
3: and she was really a star. And you, you know how the media, the tabloids, they were like the Amazon, the basketball, the Amazon was uh, arrested in Crete, was a big thing. And so she found herself in jail. Although she kept the code of contact of the gang, she didn't give anyone away in the court and she denied any involvement, but still she
1: was in jail. <laughs> Oliver and Dragon are both sentenced to prison on the island of Crete. She serves six years. But when she and Dragana are released, are they reformed? They are not. In March 2012, Oliveira returns to Athens and teams up once again with her boyfriend Dragon.
3: She decided to come to Athens and this, to participate in a robbery. And this actually wasn't the best timing, this particular moment they chose for the robbery, because it was really very strange. There was another robbery taking place at the same time next door.
1: Another robbery taking place next door at the exact same time? It truly is terrible luck.
3: So the police were there and shooting starts, which is not usual in Greece. It's highly unusual.
1: The Pink Panthers plan their heists carefully. They make every effort to avoid anyone being hurt. But this is something no one could plan for. Oliveira's boyfriend Dragon is shot three times.
3: So her boyfriend was wounded very, very seriously. And he ended up in the hospital and he was in a coma for 40 days.
1: Oliveira manages to escape, but she is beside herself over a dragon. If there was ever a time to get out, it is now. But she can't.
3: She, apparently quite emotional, she couldn't leave him here like that. So she went back into the house they used. And the police raided the house and they found
1: her in there along with a lot of incriminating evidence from his robberies. The police find masks, wigs, weapons and fake identity documents. Oliveira is arrested and lands back in a Greek jail. This time in the infamous Athens prison called Korydalos. Oliveira loves to tell stories of her time inside Caridalos. She claims that one cellmate told her she had killed her husband and his mistress, then served them in a pie to their husband's parents. like Something out of a Greek myth. But Oliveira is unfazed by her experience there. As she tells it, for many Pink Panthers, prison is sort of finishing school. To be truly respected, you have to do at least one stretch. Again... This is her son, Nicholas, translating.
2: Every criminal believe in that you are so smart that there is no way for you to get into the prison. And you are thinking like that until you first time go to the prison. And then you learn that you were just an amateur and you didn't know nothing about the crime.
1: Prison, it turns out, is a crucial aspect of a panther's credibility.
2: I don't know anyone in the Pink Panthers that has not a serious prison sentence behind his back. Those who say that they are so smart, they were Pink Panthers and they never went to prison. That's all the lies. That's not a true story. So destiny of one good Pink Panther is a lot of money, a lot of fast money, prison 100% for sure. After the prison, again fast money, and again prison.
1: Oliveira makes good use of her time at Carrida Los, but she doesn't plan to stay long. Journalist Despina Paparjoryu. She started painting in prison, and she discovered she was quite good at it. Oliveira Cherkovich's artistic talent is more than a hobby. It becomes part of her plan. To escape. So she had been thinking to escape since day one. The prison officer was
3: persuaded to let her paint the prison governor's office while the governor was away. And this was a golden opportunity because the office was 15 meters from Corrida Los prison entrance. That is 15 meters from freedom.
1: As you might expect, Oliveira has worked through the logistics carefully and she's patient. So,
3: she started spending
1: endless hours and waiting for the right moment. She had
3: notified the Pink Panther gang members to come to Athens and rent an apartment.
1: Oliveira manages to get permission to buy art supplies from outside the prison and have them delivered.
3: And, of course, this was part of the plan. So her collaborators were strolling for weeks on end outside the prison walls. And the day comes, Oliveira is now in the prison governor's office. So she gives a signal with her mobile phone, which she had managed to smuggle into the prison. And when the gate opened, her Serbian associate enters holding a bag with art supplies, and everything happened within seconds. The man hit the prison officer on the head and Olivera just walked out of prison and got on a motorbike that was waiting outside.
1: After the escape, Olivera heads on foot to the mountains of Macedonia. A young accomplice is waiting there, near the border. He shows her the route across the mountainous terrain. It's over 150 miles. Olivera tapes her wrists and ankles, as she would for a pro basketball game, And she makes the climb. She's been given a map, some money, and has set up meetings with contacts along the route to charge her phone and get more supplies. When she reaches the Serbian border, she finds a taxi to drive her the last few miles to Belgrade. The Greek press loved this story. Pink panther female prisoner vanishes into thin air, exclaimed one headline. They called her Spider Lady and referred to her as an Amazon. It made for terrific copy. For Oliveira, it's a point of pride. Again, her son translates.
2: I'm the first and only woman ever escaped from the prison in Europe.
1: But like every true team player, she shares the credit for the win.
2: That's why I escaped from the prison. That's why I made it. I was smart by the time to, to make a good plan for how to escape. But with all those people who are ready to give the life for you, you cannot escape from the prison.
1: But one of the craziest things about Olivera's story is the fact that just a few months after escaping prison and walking back to Serbia, she returns for another job in Athens.
2: After I escaped, three months later, I came back to the same city and we did the armed robbery of the jeweler's store. Mm-hmm. Four days after we did it well, they arrest me.
1: Police raid Olivera's rented safe house and find her with 65 pounds of gold.
2: Oh, I was convicted like organizer of the criminal gang named Pink Panthers.
1: This time... Oliver is sentenced to 32 years on 116 charges of aggravated theft and three armed robberies. The authorities value the looted goods at more than $500 million. Back in prison again, she is deprived of her art supplies, naturally. So instead, she turns to creative writing. She chronicles her criminal exploits in a kind of diary. But on appeal, many of the charges against her are actually dismissed and her sentence is commuted. After five years, she's again out of prison, this time banned from returning to Greece.
2: I'm free from the prison since 2017, so I decided to change my life. I serve my prison sentences, so I don't own anything to anyone. Any country is not looking for me anymore.
1: Olivera says she's done with the life of crime.
2: To step up out of the crime is uh, really, really hard. You need a lot of money to continue the life that you get used to by doing that crime stuff.
1: And so she's turned the story of her criminal past into a new enterprise. She has speaking engagements. She's a YouTube star. And remember that prison diary she kept? She's turned it into three books. They're called I, Pink Panther, I, Pink Panther 2, and I, Pink Panther 3. All have sold quite well in the former Yugoslavia. There is even a TV series based on her books that's being developed in Serbia. Olivera told the Greek journalist that she hopes Uma Thurman will play her in the Hollywood version.
2: I'm representing not just the crime story, I'm representing the, my life and my character.
1: And my character is
2: the character of the winner.
1: Olivera Cherkovich says that prison is a necessary part of the criminal education of any pig panther. But there is a limit to how much time behind bars a panther is willing to spend. And as Olivera's story shows, a prison break is not that different from a heist. Both involve tight security and armed guards. To pull either of them off, you need careful planning, precision and ingenuity. And Olivero is not the only Panther to stage an escape that has all the flair and theatrics of one of their heists. Over the years, the Panthers carried out prison breaks all across Europe. In 2009, a Panther from Bosnia was arrested after robbing a jewelry store in Switzerland and given a six-year sentence. But he decided he would rather not stay the full time. And in 2013, he was sprung from his Swiss prison by his fellow Panthers. The story was a sensation. Like in this report from ABC News, the media just could not get enough of it.
0: Today, two vehicles crashed through the perimeter, pushed through layers of barbed wire, got ladders up over the last of the wire so their guy could climb over to them. And so the Pink Panther gang strikes again
1: the trucks barreling through the gates, the ladders thrown over the wall, the prison yard paralyzed by gunfire. But if you take a closer look at the actual operation, much of it starts to seem like a spectacle designed to draw the attention of the media. Jack Donson is an American expert on prison systems who's worked for the Federal Bureau of Prisons for the past 23 years.
0: I will tell you that what you described to me is just people practicing a trade, having a career criminal orientation, and the escape is part of the trade. This is broad, interrelated. Uh, organized criminal activity that's very regimented and very methodical. And so, as brazen as it sounds, it probably was calculated. It it was, to me, overkill. You know what I mean? They didn't even need all that firepower. The guards didn't have guns. So, like, as sensational as the escape sounds, they know that they're not going to get resisted.
1: The Bosnian Panther who made this dramatic escape had only two years left on his sentence. In another Panther prison break, the men who escaped had just one year remaining. Like stealing jewels who can't easily sell, these prison breaks seem as much about the Pink Panther's own mystique as anything else.
0: I keep going back to the one where the person's a year from release. You know, so what's the motivation for something like that? Has to be more than just getting somebody out of prison. So I think maybe it is. A lot of this is by design for the publicity, for the sensationalism and the publicity.
1: Captain Hervé Conan of the Paris police had arrested a Pink Panther named Dragan Mikic after a heist at a ski resort in the French Alps. Mikic is a big man, six foot six, and he's fit. Conan had heard that he did 2,000 push-ups a day. That's why Conan had immediate doubts that the French authorities would be able to secure their prisoner. And he told them
4: so. I've been to the prison to interview this guy. Okay, he was two meters tall. I was impressed because the guy, he was just a muscle. And I discussed after that with the guard of the prison. I said, okay, guys, you know, the guy is very, very fit. You should be very careful. And one week after that, a commando attacked the prison with AK-47.
1: It was the afternoon of October 16, 2005. Mikic had just entered the prison yard for his daily exercise when two Pink Panthers pulled a van up outside the prison walls. They threw a ladder and wire cutters over the wall. And then, while they shot at the guards with an AK-47, Mikic climbed the ladder, jumped into the van, and they all drove off.
4: They shot him the prison and they liberate the guy. And the guy disappeared. Nothing. He was totally lost.
1: It's widely assumed that Dragan Mikic went straight back to Serbia, where he could live openly beyond the reach of French law enforcement, much to Captain Conan's frustration. Another person who proved difficult to keep behind bars is Milan Lipoja. In our last episode, we said that Milan had also managed to escape prison before his dramatic arrest in the French border town of Jex in 2008. Here's how he ended up in jail that first time. Milan was wanted for the heist at the Huber Watch and Jewelry Shop in Liechtenstein. He was caught during a border crossing when Swiss police were able to match his fingerprints to the Liechtenstein robbery.
4: Milan Pia was first arrested in 2006 when he entered Switzerland from France and he was extradited to us.
1: Robert Wollner is the Prosecutor General for Liechtenstein. After Milan's arrest and extradition, he was held in the country's only jail while he awaited trial.
4: We thought we could bring him to trial, but he didn't have the intention to stay with us. And our police is is not really very often confronted with criminals of the caliber. So what he did was he had meticulously planned to flee our small jail.
1: Liechtenstein is tiny, population just under 40,000. And this single small jail is all they have. The police there are more used to dealing with white-collar crime. Serious criminals are typically exported to
4: Austrian prisons.
1: And Milan happened to know that the jail he was in did not have a hospital on its grounds.
4: He, one morning, went to the fitness room in the jail and he he smashed his hand with a weight. And he was taken by two policemen to our local hospital here. And that's when two men entered the hospital with Kalashnikovs and they managed to free him. And then he was gone.
1: Despite its reputation as a finishing school for Pink Panthers prison was not where Milan Lipoja wanted to be in 2006. He had plans. And just a few months later, the world would see those plans come to life as he and Boyana Mitich drove a pair of Audis through the plate glass doors of the Wafi Mall in Dubai. Milan's escape from the Liechtenstein jail might have been a sore point for Robert Wallner, but Wallner would see his prisoner again
4: but he was rearrested later and extradited to us again in 2010. And this time we looked after him very carefully until the trial and he wasn't able to escape again.
1: Melanie Poe was convicted for his role in the Liechtenstein heist and sentenced to nine years in prison. This time, he served his time. Coming up next, on infamous international, the Pink Panthers' story.
3: Guys are hungry, they want to make some money.
1: When it comes to the Pink Panthers, it's hard to know if this is a highly organized criminal syndicate, You have a bunch of these organizations, they're like cells, you know? Or an informal network of thieves.
0: It doesn't necessarily make sense that there's this one centralized hierarchy. They're very complicated. It's very hard to follow the money. Or something else
1: entirely. We can more say it was some kind of joint venture business between organized crime and the state. That's next time... On Infamous International, The Pink Panther's Story. Infamous International, The Pink Panther's Story was produced by Best Case Studios in association with Coda Story. Hosted by me, Natalia Antlavan, and written by Katrina Wolf, Adam Pinkus, Suzanne Myers and David Markowitz, with help from Brent Katz and Matt Levin. For Best Case Studios, executive producer Adam Pincus, senior producer David Markowitz, producer Katrina Wolf, associate producer Hannah Liebowitz lockhard and consulting producers Julie Goldstein and Louis Spiegler. For Coda Story, reporting by Elan Greenberg with associate producer Rebecca Robinson. Edited and sound designed by Galen Mullins and Max Michael Miller. Music by Dave Harrington. Archival producers, Magda Gora and Paul Dallas. This has been an exactly right production. Executive producers, Karen Kilgareff, Georgia Hartstark and Danielle Kramer with consulting producer, Kyle Ryan.